Hey, what's going on, guys? This episode of Drugs and Stuff, I'm hanging out with Vigorous Steve. We are tackling your listener questions, just like Dave and I always do. We actually recorded this uh, back when, when Dave was dealing with his health stuff. We just never had a point that I could put it out. Just too many shows. So we're getting it out today. Uh, we're getting back on track with everything else. So if you want to take part in the next show, you know the drill. Comment below with your questions. We will tackle them then. Plus, comments, likes, all that stuff. It helps to boost us in the algorithm. And hey, if you're new here, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. We have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. Uh, interviews, education like this, plus entertainment from IBB pros, experienced coaches, and educators in our industry. We're all here to help you do better at this sport that we love. Guys, I have timestamps below. If you want to skip around, let's get to the program. <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Vigorous Steve. Dave's taking a break right now. He'll be back. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings, high-quality third-party tested supplements that you can believe in. If you have any questions about any of their flavors or anything, hit me up. I'd be happy to talk to you about that. Also brought to you by Supplement Source in the UK. Go to supplementsource.ca. Uh, they've got great deals that change week to week, so keep checking out their website. Uh, Strong Sports Nutrition for you guys in the UK. They've got a bunch of cool stuff, uh, great health and performance supplements including uh, Support Max, Support Max Joint. Check them out. And last but not least, EvalBloodAnalysis.com. Get your lab work done by Dave. And thank you to our Patreon people. You guys are freaking awesome, and I appreciate you helping me make this thing happen. Steve, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. It's always a pleasure to join and uh, talk about drugs and stuff. We're taking a – so we're getting ready to, to – Steve's going on vacation – to the U.S., mm -hmm. I'm getting ready to the Olympia. Uh, Dave's taking a vacation to uh, Jamaica, and he's going to Prague and all that. So we're Steve and I are recording a couple things, and we're going to try to keep everything tidied over until we get back. After this episode, though, we'll be back on track. So uh, comment below with any questions you have for the next show. We'd be happy to tackle them when we get things back to normal again. Uh, I figured I'll just yeah, jump so from there. already bored of me. If you're already bored of me, don't worry. Dave will be back. <laughs> you don't. You don't say words like "twat" enough. Somebody commented that Dave says "twat" yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's a very British yeah, but word. I'm not I from think. the UK. We say we say we're we're Dutch slang words that nobody would get because it's uh, in Dutch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That and makes sense. Yeah. So sorry. And in Thailand, well, that I, I gave up on learning the swear words here. So. Well, the people have questions for us. They have questions for well, really, All they right. wanted to ask Dave a bunch of stuff. But you and I are going to tackle them, do the best we can. Sure. Uh, and we had one uh, to start us out about uh, the classic test deca D ball cycle. Is it overrated? Is it outdated? What are our thoughts? I, I think it's a bit overrated. Um, oh. now that we have so many other, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just <laughs> beautiful. All right. So if you like side effects, if you like water retention, <laughs> if you like to get a, if you like to get a, a tomato face and and moon face and and acne galore, then yes, this is the cycle for you. Oh, and bitch tits. Yeah, then this is the cycle for you. And libido issues. Oh, so that. basically you get, it's like a cycle for side effects. So if you want to grow up quick, you know, this is like having your parents divorce when you're like 15 years old. This is the exact same, but in the format of a cycle. Just go through all it all. All the wrong things at the wrong. Yeah, just get through it all. So you grow up quick. You're like, I'm never doing that again. 
you know? I learned my lesson. Anyway, you can still get good results, but most people that do it, they find it on the steroid forums, and then they go on 500 tests, 250 deca, because you need two to one ratio, otherwise you get deca dick. And then uh, a D-ball kickstart, 50 milligrams for the first four weeks. So you're on- <laughs> Maybe you know, six, maybe six. You, yeah, maybe six, yeah, yeah, because, you know, test esters that long, takes at least six to eight weeks to build up. And then DECA is an even longer ester that takes 12 weeks to build up. So, you know, yeah, yeah. and even Chase Iron agrees. Yeah, yep. overrated. <sighs> so if you want to do a cycle properly, you start with one compound and you add stuff in yes. later on, maybe four weeks later. But if you already have a lot of experience with drugs, like uh, yours truly, me <laughs> and Scott have, then you just start with, you know, the stuff that your body agrees with. So, Scott, what's your favorite um, What's your favorite cycle? Well, I'm not really running cycles nowadays, but I would say okay. that I made my best progress on, and it, it, it kind of evolved, but I found uh-huh. that TEST, EQ, NPP uh-huh. was a really nice yeah. combo. Uh, and I'd run the NPP at low doses, and at times I even added in a low dose of injectable D-ball with that. Um, I found that to be good, and then I also would alter or trade out the NPP for a low dose of trend in the second half of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm talking a lot of compounds there, but I'll be completely honest. I mean, when there are guys that are pushing to do, you know, here's the thing. A lot of the advice that we give on this program is geared toward newer guys. A lot of the people who watch the drugs and stuff podcast are guys that are just looking to understand how to get into cycling. And this isn't a cycle that I would suggest, but at the time dosing was around like about a gram a test somewhere in there, about 700 EQ, and then about like 200 to 300 NPP. That's all. And I, I felt that that worked really well for me. I test deck a D ball. Is it overrated? It gives you some fantastic progress, but it's definitely not a cycle to just jump into. You know, I'd want to know how do you, how do you respond to test? How do you respond to DECA? How do you respond to D ball? And then when you put those three things together, it's going to be different. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of estrogen and related side effects, you know? So, how are you going to manage your estrogen and, and, and the water retention that comes along with that? It's, you just don't run those three compounds by themselves. There's going to be ancillaries yeah. to manage the side effects, you know? And you, you can't, and assuming that it's going to be an off season cycle with a ton of food then, well, you can't control your blood pressure with, you know, going on a ketogenic diet or, or getting less sodium in and more potassium and magnesium because, you know, it's off-season, so you're going to eat a ton of food. So I would say it's, it's even though it's it sounds like a beginner cycle, that's what the steroid forms yeah. would like you to believe. You know, yeah. You're going to put on a ton of mass, which you do, but it's half of it is water retention. Yeah. Um, and it, it's more like an advanced cycle for people who have some good experience and especially if you do a grammar test and 500 deca and then 50 Ooh. milligrams injectable d-ball yeah which I, I would rather avoid because injectable d-ball is in shit carrier oil um but man does it yeah work it's good that is no, it I, works great i know <laughs> I, I that wasn't one of my favorite like and i have to still call it like an oral 
My my favorite oral is yeah. injectable D ball. I I haven't used it yeah. in years at this point. But when I wanted it, mm. when I used it, oh my gosh, that was the jam. And it didn't affect my appetite either the way the oral did. So oh, really? I, yeah, yeah, I got rid of all that digestive stuff. And you get a lot less uh, estrogen conversion with the mm. injectable version. It's basically injectable uh, boldenone suspension. Is it really? Hmm. Yeah, because boldenone and and, and uh, dianabol are the same molecule. I figured that it was still giving you the same effect, though, because it was still mm. the, like alkaloided, so it misses that first pass mm. of the liver, but I figured it would do the same thing once it was in your bloodstream. That's always been yeah, so, my take on it. Yeah, so you get more of an effect from the actual dianabol in the first injection, right? the gotcha. first pass. Gotcha. And because some of these drugs, they metabolize into estradiol in the intestinal tract as well. So you have enzymes in your intestinal tract that are... Mm aromatize inhibiting yeah or aromatize enzymes and uh, 17 beta hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase which actually metabolize the orals into less potent or non-potent metabolites okay. so if you take oral winstrol for example it starts to metabolize in your intestinal tract already mm. by the time it it comes to your muscle you have a lot less bioavailability sure but then you inject the winstrol and it's like twice as potent it's just there yeah 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 but with D-ball, you get a little bit of an overlap from the methyl estradiol. So it's, um, yeah, injectable D-ball was great. Like injectable methyl trim, you know, one milligram. I never used that one. Go. Had you used that? Oh. Yeah? Yeah, I've used it. Yeah, it's wild yeah. stuff, man. What about you, though? Favorite favorite cycle for you? Test, Primo, Anivar. Okay. It. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. GH and insulin. and Yeah. All those other things. They don't count. They don't count. Yeah. All the, yeah they count. The peptides. Doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, but test primo Anivar, I can get anything done. You know, the rest is just up to the diet. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's and more along the lines of what I would consider to be like a great cycle nowadays. You know, I'm in a very different yeah. place than I was when I was yeah. trying to push my weight up in you know competition and just trying to be like as big as I right. absolutely could be. So yeah, are you going to be like freaky swole and test primo and Anivar? Probably not. You know. But you can get, it's, it's you can like, grow, you can grow on that though, you know? Of course you can grow, but it, are you going to get that thick, thick, nasty 3D effect like you would get from test Dianabol and Deca? No. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's but a how different. Much of that stays when you diet, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a different thing. I do think it's a good, it's a good overall cycle for mass and you are going to deal with those mm -hmm. sides though. Like you're going to have to manage stuff on yeah. that cycle versus the cycle you're talking about, test Primo Anivar. That's going to be a pretty yeah. easy cycle to to manage overall, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Your lipids will be skewed, and but blood sure. pressure shouldn't be an issue. Um, and your wallet is going to cry because yeah, well, right. Primo Nanovar is expensive. <laughs> that's yeah. There's that. You know. Yeah. That that sucks. So, yeah. I mean, it depends on what you want. I think if you're a little bit older, I would say test Primo Nanovar is a little bit safer, and and hopefully you're more financially secure. But yeah, if you want to pack on the mass, test Boldenone. NPP, like what you described, and it may be sublingual uh, oxymethylone androl, so it's under your tongue, yeah. so it doesn't metabolize in the liver. Uh, yeah, that's one hell of a cycle, too. 
You know, I, I, a couple things. I wish that I had taken advantage of the milder compounds early on. You know, I went straight to yeah. like test DECA, stuff like that. I'd say that. Dream. And the other thing I'd say is that I don't, I don't ever suggest DECA to the guys I work with that come off guys that are running like an eight week cycle. And then they come off for, you know, PCT and recover free. I feel yeah. like that was the thing that crushed me more than anything else was DECA recovering from that cycle can be tough. So DECA is something that I don't even suggest to guys that aren't on TRT or, you know, quote unquote, blasting crews between. Right. You, you need to stop the DECA like three months before you want to actually PCT. So I ran DECA. <laughs> yeah, really. You, you yeah. Know, it, it metabolizes. It takes such a long time. So I ran 50 to 100 milligrams DECA for the last couple of weeks and then, or last couple of months. And then uh, now I already stopped it. But I'm going to come off MPCT in February. So that's three months ahead. Yeah. I'm coming off, you know. So then at least by that time, it, it's most of it has been metabolized and I don't get a suppressive effect. So you really got to think ahead, you know, if you want to do a PCT. Now, of course, everybody blasts and cruise nowadays. Yeah. Or does TRT. But at one point, you have to make babies. And uh, my, 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 uh, my time is due next year. No kidding. Our time. Yeah, it's time. Then after that, Steve's going just hog wild, blasting crews of for the course. Last twenty years. <laughs> yeah, well, I probably get a second one. You know, I started with one cat and now I got four. Yeah. So who knows what's <laughs> going to happen when I have one kid? Yeah. So I like this, you know. Yeah, I have like all these little critters running around. So maybe I'll end up with four kids also if my balls are cooperative. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> see. we'll see. I'm sure you'll be able to make it happen. You know, I'll tell you what, man. Yeah. In, the, in the last maybe year, year eighteen months maybe two years now, I haven't helped a lot of guys that have wanted to make babies, but I have had five clients, I believe it is now, that they decided like, hey, this is what I want to do. And all five of them were able to. And these are all guys that had either been on gear and, and blast and cruised or one guy, two guys were on TRT because they literally needed it even without having run cycles and that they could make oh, it happen. Man. I think the longest it took was nine months for, for one of them. One guy yeah, was like 30 days. Well, so. One guy was like 30. days though. Oh, wow. So you never know. So. Three days. So that semen produced on cycle then. Yeah. I had a guy, man, one time he, he had been trying for a long time, him and his wife were, uh -huh. and he's like, you know what? I just said, screw it. I want to, I want to do this. I'm going to go on cycle. cycle. We were on, like, yeah. we were doing like a hard cut. He was on trend. I all like he was doing the whole nine yards and guess what yeah. happened after all this time. Now is the time that he was able to conceive. So. Wow. That's funny. Maybe, maybe. So some guys during the off season, they're not on point of their antioxidants. And then when mm. they start dieting, yeah. they're really more meticulous with their diet. Yeah, they get their vitamin C in and their blueberries in there, yeah. and maybe their glutathione shots. Which glutathione is great, by the way, for motility. Is it? How they is swim. It? Yeah, yeah. So I've been taking that for a whole year already. Okay. And uh, my fertility right now is actually quite good, even though I'm running Nandrolone. How are you taking and, it? Uh, and, uh, IV. I did it. I do it once a week. Okay. Eighteen hundred milligrams IV with NAD plus and uh, vitamin C. So it's a pretty hefty. IV cocktail and you just sit there waiting. I have a private nurse that does it here. Nice. At her house. Yeah. Thailand, man, all the conveniences. Do you notice it's a great. difference from that? Like, do you feel like 
in- energized or something the next day or later that day? Afterwards, yeah. yeah. So I, I will make a video about this mitochondrial support stack that I've been developing for the last couple of months, yeah. which includes NAD+. And then uh, glutathione is there to help with the free radicals because when your mitochondria function more, you also get more free radicals. Yeah. So you need to uh, combat that with antioxidants. So the NAD plus helps a lot with energy. I think it's the fountain of youth. It's it's hmm. basically everything that growth hormone promised to be. <laughs> NAD actually is. Yeah, growth hormone is it helps, but it it's like a surface level anti aging. It makes you look a little bit more youthful. It fills in your your wrinkles. It grows your nails and, and hair better, so you feel more youthful. You know your your cell turnover and your skin is better, so that looks good. But in reality, it's just aging you faster. Yeah, because your yeah. IGF one levels are higher. But NAD plus, it's man, it's it's well worth the money. You take it every week. It's how beneficial do you think it would be to use it orally? So I take NMN nicotinamide mononucleotide. That's a precursor for NAD plus. Right, yeah. and I do NAD plus every week, and I take about five hundred milligrams NMN. So huh. five hundred milligrams NAD plus IV, and then that feels really good for about four or five days, and then. It the effects start to taper off already. And then I, I stopped taking it for about a month because I couldn't find a good supplier and I kept using the NMN and I bumped that up to like a thousand milligrams per day. Okay. It doesn't come close. No kidding. So it's the same as N-acetylcysteine orally, 2000 milligrams per day versus one injection of actual glutathione. Yeah. It's night and day. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And then you have the oral, the oral reduced glutathione, the S-acetyl glutathione, um, it's, it's hard to measure what glutathione actually does because the only thing you get is skin changes, you know, skin whitening. Hmm. And the real effects on your motility, those, those take months you okay. know, to show. And then, you know, like donating semen is a little bit more cumbersome than, you know, going in for blood work. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Say, That's something I could, I, I think I could benefit from that. I know I have some mitochondrial stuff going on from having been sick. And the things, the yeah. supplements that seem to work the best are the things that would support that, like uh, the L-carnitine. Yeah, so you're, you're, you know, that's a right, great one right. for me. I see a literal difference taking that. I bet you that I would get something out of this. I think I think you would really like the NAD+. Plus. I mean, it's it's a pricey injection, but, uh, you know, at this point, it's it's that anti-aging stuff is like when you're 40 or, or older. It's right. like a, you've kind of earned it. Yeah. You, you kind of earned it. And plus, you know, you don't do go crazy anymore on the other drugs. So right. you can shift some of the finances to these NAD plus injections. Yeah, get all that it, money left it over. Can cost them. Yeah, right. So all the all the money you don't spend on trend and GH that you spend on NAD plus trying to stay youthful, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it is, for me, it's a huge game changer. I'm way more productive, way more focused. Uh, I grow better. I lose fat easier. And then if you combine NAD plus with mod C, which actually upregulates your energy production in the mitochondria. Uh, so that's a mitochondrial peptide that that's, it's like a, you know, yeah, peptide for your mitochondria to produce more ATP, really? which also means that you, yeah, also means that you need more antioxidants, so yeah, more yeah. vitamin C, more, more ubiquinol, more NMN, more glutathione. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, once that video drops, for the people who can afford it, it's it's a life-changing protocol, I would say. I'll have to watch that video. I'll have to keep an eye out for that one. Yeah. All right. It will we'll be a lengthy on. one. It will be a 45-minute behemoth. So nice. <laughs> give me some time before it's released because those, those videos take forever to produce. All right. Paul R. He says, selfishly, I'd like to yeah. hear your approaches to reverse dieting 
out of prep and setting up a successful off-season. Health markers, timelines, rate of weight gain, you usually shoot for, etc. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to you, Scott. Go for it. You're yeah. way more experienced with prep coaches, prep coaching than I am. Well, I mean, you've you know what you're doing, Steve. But I appreciate that. I'll say this. I've been around. I've been around. I've been around. I'll say this. I'll say that everybody is going to be completely unique and different. You know, you're going to have you're going to have one guy that had to go to absolute keto diet, and by the end, we're pulling out the fats, and he's doing an hour and a half of cardio, and he's just struggling to get there. And this is the leanest he's ever been in his life, and this is the first time he's ever seen his abs. Him reversing, out of, and it took him seven and a half months, him reversing oh out of a diet is going to be different than the guy that got in shape in 12 weeks, looked pretty damn good when we started, but now he's absolutely peeled. Carbs are high all the way through. See what I'm saying? Like These are two very different situations, so I can't say that there's any specific protocol, but I can tell you the things that I look for. Um, you know, as far as, as far as weight of, of rate gain, I I'm looking at composition more than weight gain. You know, my, my thought is, is that when we're dieting down, the number one thing I want to be able to do is keep the food as high as possible while we reach our goals at the rate that we want to reach them. I think the big thing about being a coach when it comes to a contest prep is understanding timing. You know, you can get anybody into shape with enough time, but in order to get it done, at the time you needed to get done, that's where I think it gets a little trickier. Um, so, so in the, it, that said, uh, the opposite is true, or the, or the excuse me, the same thing is true when we're doing the opposite and trying to gain. You know, I want to try to use the most amount of food we can while not getting fat. So, I, I would love to see. Obviously, right after the show. You know, I want somebody to be able to back off. There's an there's an emotional and mental component to be able to. Everybody's so food fixated. I want them to get that out of their system. And the reality is, it's not going to happen no matter how much they eat for probably about the first month to possibly six weeks. After that, you get things under a little more control. But so in that period, sometimes the food doesn't change a lot, but we're adding in a cheat meal every third day or every second day, you know, depending on the person. And, and because I want to be able to like get that programming out of their head that they feel like they're just so food fixated. Um, so that's part of it too, is, is trying to get somebody out of that hole mentally, but you know, just making sure that we don't get somebody overly fat in the process. Um, and then from there, maybe in a lot of times, everybody's different, but a lot of times we'll pull the gear out too, you know, or we don't necessarily need the gear in that phase. It's a good phase where we can begin working on new training techniques. Let's figure out, okay, we want to grow your back. Well, what do we right. need to you do differently? Yeah. yeah. What do we need mm -hmm. to do differently with your back? What have you not been doing in the past that we might be able to start doing now? So we can start focusing on playing with those things as you know, you're off gear, you're cleaning out, and we're focusing on getting you healthy. We can play with those things in the gym while we're building that diet back up. And then once we get to the point where like we have a whole new system for your back training, you're probably going to be ready to go back on to an off-season cycle from there, which could be, you know, a good eight weeks, 10 weeks after the show, maybe longer if you need it, you know, depending on, on what it took to get in. I don't really use a lot of orals anymore. If I do, it's going to be like the last no. four weeks just for like an icing on yeah, the cake type the thing, bush, you know? Yeah, the 
push push the envelope a little bit. Do you do like a, you know a high dose of tests or, or like testing GH after the show to make really make the most of the rebound? I don't really feel like I need to. Yeah, I don't feel okay. like I really need to. I mean, I feel like the it, it I, in an ideal situation, you are ready mm-hmm. at least three weeks out for a contest, right. um, and then yeah. from there, we're already building food up. So. A lot of times mm-hmm. that process is already, for me, it, it, in a base best case scenario, the food is going up already before we even get to the show. And the right. cardio has been brought down. And sometimes we get to a point, like honestly, in the last few years, I found that like we're eating enough that we don't need to add a lot more in. We just need to keep doing what we're doing. And the other thing I want to mention too is we want to keep riding that wave of insulin sensitivity as long as we can, you know, and you can get a good yeah, eight weeks out of that. Yeah. So I also think it's a time to kind of pull back a little bit. That's one of the things when we're looking at new training techniques, you're not going to be going in there in a perfect groove, pushing the hardest weight you ever have because you're learning something new. But by the time you're ready to push really hard, then we add the gear back in. Um, Yeah. So usually I just, I see that post period as being a great time to regain health. You know, Uh, Victoria has often said that, uh, the that there's you know health and there's performance and as one of them goes up mm-hmm. the other one yeah, generally yeah. goes down yeah. so when we start yeah, focusing on health you know it's like that becomes the priority uh, because performance really was the the critical factor especially at the very end so that's i could keep talking mm-hmm. on this but the, a lot of, it's all hypothetical until we got there for me you know mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it, it kind of depends on what the client was doing before. So what I would do sometimes yeah. is just put these guys maybe four more weeks on just test only, test and GH insulin if needed. Because a lot of the competitors, at least in this part of the world, they would crush their estrogen quite severely at the end. Some of them had to make weight. Yeah. And so the estrogen gets crushed with letrozole or, or Rimidex, you know, pretty high dosages, or they, they pull the test out at like four weeks. You know, just to squeeze into a weight class that's 10 kilos or 20 pounds lighter than what it should be. So with the national team, that's what they do. Um, so They have to, you know. The, you know? Yeah, estrogen levels are, are quite crushed. So you want to bring that back as soon as possible because estrogen is very neuroprotective, cardioprotective, helps with insulin uh, and, and IGF-1 production. So you want to get those those levels back as fast as possible. So you do blood work after a show, then decide on the test dose and bring your estrogen back, do blood work two weeks, four weeks later, and then write that rebound. And then depending on how much stimulants they use, you also have to kind of get the adrenal fatigue out of the way, you know, by removing some of the caffeine and the stimulants, let, let them come all of... All of that, make sure they get their naps in. Yeah. And then again, like you said, slowly build the food back up, you know. Um, I, w- I would hammer on my guys just to make sure that they eat, still eat healthy, but they can eat higher food volume. So in, in most cases, these guys are just hungry in their stomach, yeah. not necessarily for particular foods. Of course, we get, you know, you want to get that that hamburger or, or chocolate or whatever ice cream day out of the way. You know, if you're fully saturated on the day of the show or 99% loaded to the point you don't hold it in water, but still your muscles are skin splittingly full, then everything you eat after that, you're going to spill. Yeah. And all that spillage is going to go right to your lower back and your glutes. So at <laughs> least in this part of the world, what I see with these competitors is that they eat, 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 eat. And within one week, they look worse than they did at the start of prep. Oh, I've been there personally, man. You know, I've, yeah, I've, I've been there too. I've been there. <laughs> 
into. So, so you know, the old me would say just eat hamburgers until you look worse than you did at the start of prep. But now, I would see. I would say, okay, slowly, you know, come back. And what you can do is you take your entire protocol, and whether it's a drug protocol or the training or your nutrition, right? Usually the the, the you know, calories come down and they go up a little bit. Yeah, and you can kind of reverse that, the drugs and the training and the and the and the calories, and just do the entire diet in reverse. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of the clients are like, okay, we did the contest prep. I'm broke. I can't afford coaching anymore. <laughs> I can right. barely afford blood work. You know, you know how these guys are. And then um, said, so can you write me a program to get out of the diet if they even ask for that at all? Yeah, I said, so yeah, we- let's just do the exact same thing, but in reverse. That's why it's called reverse dieting. And, and most of the time it works just as well. You know, you stay on a, a decent dose of tests, you, the same increments of food that you reduce, you slowly bring back. Yeah. And the, and the training volume, you taper down, um, you know, over time also, you know, and then you kind of play it by ear depending on how your recovery is. Because uh, some people, inc- their recovery goes up and other guys it goes down as, a, as the drugs are metabolizing. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly, it's not that difficult to reverse diet, but you just have to be as meticulous as you were during prep. Yeah, that's most guys key. are like, you know, they're like, oh, prep is over, off season starts, yeah. five hamburgers post-workout. You know? For people that I work with that are newer, I always start talking about that stuff like six weeks before they get to the show because they see that finish oh, yeah. line and they're ready to throw their hands in the air and say, I'm done, you know, but, but yeah. it is so important. And I do think that there's a lot of really, I'm not a big believer. Like I once was in like the post-show rebound. I'm not a big believer that like, yeah. you're going to get, you're going to gain 20 pounds of sheer muscle that you didn't have before. Muscle you're going to fill out fullness that comes back. Yeah. You know, yeah. You fill out, right. This fullness that you lost, because how much can you really fill out for a show before you spill a little bit? Yeah. Of course, on stage, every little every little spillage you would see. Right. But as soon as you step back into the gym, you spill. Doesn't matter because you're pumped. And you get those gym lights. And you're like, oh man, I wish I looked like this on stage. Which every every coach hears every show every time. Right. Uh, you know the day after. Um, but in reality, they're all glazed over and watery and then yeah the you don't see their lower gone. back when they say that you know it's always a most muscular yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no yeah. I, I had a couple guys on the world championships here's three days right so yeah and they compete on the first or second day and then i said okay prove it get on stage put some fucking dream time on and get on stage you take the picture and they, they never say that again yeah you know they know exactly like oh yeah i was right yesterday i did look 10 times better you know yeah. And then they go back to the hotel gym and they do a couple sets and they feel good about themselves again, you know? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's one of the things, like, you know, when we talk about how you fill out after the show, that's one of the things I started thinking about as a coach, thinking to myself, like, and it, it really was because of my own bodybuilding and seeing my legs deplete as I did more cardio as I got closer. And I started realizing, well, what if I was ready earlier and then I didn't have to do all that cardio then maybe yeah, I could. Back up, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then so a lot of a lot of times I'm almost feeling like if we can get you ready three or four weeks early and we can back mm-hmm. off on all that stuff and you're absolutely peeled. We don't. There's no shadow of a doubt. We don't need to take you any further. Then you can begin adding that more food back in and and be able to bring that volume. You know, I think that's the mistake. Yeah, like you, years ago, you know, Steve, yeah. like 15 years ago, we used to think that you needed to 
time it up so that you perfectly were the leanest you were going to be the day of the show. Like you, yeah, that, exactly. That you were going to pass yeah. your peak after that, and then you couldn't look good anymore. You, we really believed that back then. Yeah, no, but uh, a lot of coaches still do it to this way because sometimes the client is not ready when they're supposed to be ready. Sure. You know, something that happens. happens during prep. You know, they had a step back, and okay, so ideally you start a 12 week prep 16 weeks out. Yes. And then you have a little bit of wiggle room, but if you can get the client lean at four weeks or three weeks out, like you said, and then you reduce the cardio, take the thyroid meds out if they were taking that, um, you know, slowly increase the volume and the training capacity, right? Because now the food is going up also. Yeah. And then they get around full and hard. So that, this is what I've been actually been doing the last four weeks. I was decently lean. And then I reduced the cardio and increased the food a little bit. And now I gained like 10 pounds. So now I'm 240. Instead yeah. of the plan 225. Yeah. Chase, Steve, Chase noticed that. Yeah, he said, your yeah. traps are popping today. I saw that too, man. I was yeah. like, yeah, Steve's looking full and, right and, now. And the good thing about that is that if you have been increasing the food, like you mentioned in the beginning, if you've been increasing the food and then you do your 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 peak photo shoot or, or stepping on stage, then by the time you step off stage, you're not that hungry because you're no longer stupid depleted. Yeah. You know, so the rebound is also way better. So the trick here is be in shape early. But that's usually for, you know, people who've been doing it for a longer period of time. For sure. And realize like, uh, you know, maybe I should start a month earlier. Instead of, uh, oh, I've got three months left, shit, two hours of cardio. Yeah, yeah. 20 micrograms clean and 100 micrograms T3 and DMP. A little bit, just a little bit on Sunday. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> All right, listen, this is enough non-drug talk. We got it. This is drugs and stuff. We got to get back on oh, shit, topic yeah, here. Okay. You know, we're getting off topic now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Terry has Shit. one for us. That's he why says, there's only two viewers now. Yeah. <laughs> he says, question for Dave. Uh, he says, in off-season cycle planning, what compound would you bring in to replace 400 DECA after 15 weeks? 400 test is the base in 3IU growth. Insulin. Next. Mm, insulin. Hmm. I love insulin. I think it's I think it's the best shit ever. Hmm. You would you would so but I think he's saying less like, steroids, more insulin. So you, you're yes. gonna remove that you're good with removing the DECA. Test in GH yeah. and insulin. Take the DECA yes. out. Okay, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. I see where you're so going. So the, with the that. whole idea so you want synergy. Like more steroids is not always the answer. Of course it sounds more exciting and people are like, Oh, insulin's gonna kill you. No. Yeah. Insulin comes with a manual, just like steroids, but the manual is longer. So you need to do more research. You need a glucometer to make sure you have fundamental understanding of your glucose readings. You know, so you go from steroids to peptides, and the first one is usually growth hormone or growth hormone secretagogue, and then insulin is further down the line, you know? Yeah. So if you've got some experience, why don't you do test GH insulin, run it for a year, no DECA, no Primo, no Anivar. I wrote ebooks about this, and people that bought it like two years ago when I released it, they'd, they'd send me before and after pictures. They'd turn themselves into freaks yeah. just with test GH and insulin. They control their glucose levels. They eat healthy they manage their insulin sensitivity with the you know over-the-counter supplements like berberine and magnesium and fish oil which all contribute uh apple cider vinegar that kind of stuff and they turn themselves into freaks and, and guess what their blood work is phenomenal they don't get dick a dick they don't get prolactin issues they don't get libido issues 
all they have to do is take an ancillary like uh, aromacin to control their estrogen levels. And if you don't want to, you know, take, uh, I don't want to take an aromatized inhibitor because it's deadly because I, I can't interpret the evidence correctly. Um, <laughs> shots fired. Yeah. Yeah, you take Primo or Mastron, which also inhibit the aromatized enzyme, which just get the similar effect as aromatized inhibitors because they go through similar pathways, but... But, 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 but the scientific evidence performed on aromatized inhibitors has not been performed on primabolin or mastron in a similar context. Absence of evidence isn't evidence of absence. I like the sound of that. Did you make, Food you, for did, thought, did you guys. make that up? No, it's actually, there's several papers that quote that. I've never heard and that they, before. They used, yeah. Absence of evidence isn't absence evidence of absence so that means huh. just because the scientific evidence isn't there doesn't mean it doesn't happen yeah it just means that the studies haven't been performed yet that's why i always find it funny that a lot of people in this community they they're evidence-based and they always say that the facts and the evidence so some of the evidence is outdated it's very old it has been performed incorrectly um and it's it's due for a revisit but due to ethical reasons, it will never be revisited. Yeah. yeah. And, and just because, so we can take boldenone, for example. Quick, this is about drugs. Boldenone is highly kidney toxic, right? A lot of rodent models, some animal models, um, some, some in vitro studies, and even some human evidence that boldenone is kidney toxic. Maybe eight, eight, nine, ten studies. Now, you want to see if those studies have been performed on primabolin or masterone. Or testosterone, hmm. for that matter, haven't been studied. Hmm. What we do know is that testosterone is inherently kidney toxic. That's why men at older age have more kidney issues than women at older age hmm. who have other issues related to estrogens, like cancer, for example because they have higher estrogen levels. So you have to extrapolate the data a little bit more intuitively and, and piece it together. And just because the evidence isn't there doesn't mean it's not true. I like that. So, I like that a lot. You know, that's, that's why, that's why bro science sometimes gets a bad rap, but I always say that's okay. Bro science is through experience. And if you get bro science from a guy that has 30, 40 years experience or a group of people with a hundred years of combined experience yeah. and they all say the same thing, for what we do, it's more valuable than what study XYZ from, I don't know, 1962 says. Right. It's interesting, but it's not the end all and be all, you know. I'd like to take a moment to say thank you to our supporters. Thank you to the people who have helped us make this show continue to come out several times per week. So number one, thank you to our Patreon subscribers. And if you know one of our Patreon subscribers, you can thank them directly because they're the biggest driving force right now that's helping to support this show. If you want to take part in Patreon, we could use all the help we can get. We vote with our dollars, and I want to say thank you to everybody who has voted for us. Also, I want to say thank you to our advertisers. You guys have directly supported what you're doing. You believe in us, and I only work with advertisers that I believe in, too. Shopping with them is shopping with us. Use our code THINK at True Nutrition. Shop with Strom Sports Nutrition in the UK and shop with supplementsource.ca in Canada. I'm happy to talk and give you insight on any of their products, or if I don't know, I can direct you to somebody that will. Appreciate you guys tuning in, and thank you for all your support. Let's get back to the programming. Let's see. Got a couple more here. Why are so many against females in testosterone? It's biologically recognized. Yes. 
I'm not against it. I, I, I think it's just uh, contextual speaking. I mean, I made a video about libido for women and I recommended testosterone suspension sublingually. I mean, that's the best libido booster a woman can take. Absolutely. Yeah, you just put that out recently, didn't you? Yeah, two milligrams sublingually. Oh, man. Hide your wife. Oh, no, no, no. Hide, your, hide the kids. And hide the, the kids. And the dogs. Yeah. Yeah, hide the kids. Hide the dogs. And then, just uh, put, send know, them out of the house. Just send them out of the house. Yeah, go, yeah. Please, kids, take out the dogs. Here's some $20 for ice cream. There you go. See you in two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And then you <laughs> tell your wife, said it's a, it's a fresh mint. <laughs> here's, here's a thought on this. It works right. He yeah. said, why are so many against females and testosterone? It's biologically recognized. Here's my thought, though. It's not black and white. It's like, okay, so no. does does that mean that a thousand milligrams of testosterone for a female is going to be a great idea? No, it's no. very very low dosages. You know, it's it's, it's so. I think that that's the key. That 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 I think there's a lot of things that can be okay, but that's the problem. I think in our in our. Uh, community is that everything either has to be completely bad or completely good. It's a lot harder to understand things in that gray area where, you know what, there are a lot of things that can be good, that can be bad. There's a lot of things that can be good. And I would say testosterone mm -hmm. for women is exactly one of those things. It all comes down to the dose, you know? Exactly. And, uh, and how they respond. So some women are good, you know, slightly over the reference range and others are just better if you just bring them to the top. You know, right. I, I know some TRT clinics in the U.S., they bring the levels up to like 150 or 200 nanograms per deciliter even. Okay. But my wife, my wife, for example, she has naturally high testosterone levels around 75, sometimes 100, depending yeah. on when she reads it, which is super physiological for a woman. They, they, the, the reference range goes up to 60. So it's it's good for me, and for her obviously also. Yeah. And it, it helped her tremendously during her competitive career because she just had higher levels compared to all the other girls in bikini. Yeah. You know, so that helped tremendously with just staying fuller, staying harder, and and you know still passing the drug tests. <laughs> I work with a a girl who has done really well with EQ. Like results wise, oh, growth wise, yeah. mm -hmm. she's progressed mm -hmm. really well with that compound, but she's also dealt with side effects. She's dealt with like the low mm -hmm. estrogen type of like low yeah, libido, right. just low mood, stuff like that. And I'm actually looking to see where it's at right now because I can't remember 100% sure, but I'm about mm -hmm. to tell you that she is using... So she's on three milligrams of test every other day. Uh, in 100 EQ. That's where she's at with that. She's doing okay, okay with it. It's something mm -hmm. she's she's experimented a lot with EQ. Which, which, which class is this? Which which? I, I don't want to get too class? specific because uh, yeah, uh, I, okay. I, I want to leave that is out. She's a freak though. Is she is she's like jacked as shit. She's she's got some good muscle on her. That's for sure. Good. Yeah. Good. And uh, but the thing is though is that so there's an example I guess of what I'm saying with testosterone is that uh, she. She's doing really well with this. And part of the reason is that in general, she doesn't really produce hormones anymore. So having that mm -hmm. in there is helping her to have some of the, she's getting the test plus that's a low dose, but now she's also getting the estrogen from that. And that's allowing right. her to mm -hmm. feel good while she's running the EQ. So. Yeah, because this estrogen levels need to be a lot higher in women, you know, usually before way back when they would administer 
uh, estradiol valerate for long-term uh, postmenopause uh, HRT for women, but not actually prescribe a lot of testosterone. I found that women do very well with a low dose of DHEA because it converts yes. to testosterone and then estradiol as well. So for the girls that are a little bit younger, before you look into Anivar, it's a low dose of DHEA. It's over-the-counter in, in a lot of places, especially in the U.S. You can just buy it you know, on iHerb or bodybuilding.com or Amazon. Yeah. And, um, and and give that a try before you start injecting stuff. Yeah. But even then, you know, a little bit of test, you know, depending on how much you can tolerate, I, I think it's non-virilizing. But again, the dose and the duration is ultimately uh, how you're going to get the results and the virilizing effects. And I don't, and I don't think the there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. And the individual too. You know, you, there's going to be girls mm-hmm. out there that already have virilization naturally. You know, girls. Yeah. There's girls that have yeah. like mm-hmm. hyperandrogenism. You know, and that they already have to deal with facial hair. If you're one of those girls, and then you start messing around mm-hmm. with tests, I guarantee you, there's a really good chance that you're also going to grow more facial hair. You know what I mean? Versus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For somebody exactly. else yeah. it, it might not happen so yeah and then of course what what else is part of the protocol you know that's always the question as well yeah um, because you know once you open the floodgates and all the women are like okay what, what else can i use just like guys i've mentioned this before in a couple other shows but i had worked with a woman who was mm-hmm. born both genders she was born both oh, male wow. female wow. they didn't know that she had a testy, it had not descended, but she went in for lab work when she was like 16 mm-hmm. and her testosterone was like through the roof. They were like, holy shit, oh, wow. get this. So she had, uh, she, she had a, like a, a non-response to the negative side effects mm-hmm. of testosterone. So she had no oh, hair wow. growth, no virilization, mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful woman too. Like, at the wow. same time, she could incredibly uh-huh. grow muscle, like like nobody's business. Yeah, you know. So she had uh, like she was like those women as well. Yeah, They're she freaks. ended up having the testy removed. Uh, I think when she turned uh-huh. eighteen or so, something like that. And then she uh-huh. got onto hormone replacement from there because her body required test, and she needed like a legit, you know, a legit dose uh, okay. of test just to Did feel put normal. Her on test cream. She at the time she was using pellets at the time. She, you know, it was like a a once every three month or five month in or you know pellet insertion, and it wasn't really working really great because pellets, long term stuff like that, man. It's like she felt great at first, and then over time her levels began declining, and by the end she didn't feel good, and they couldn't take it any higher. So I think a cream would have been a much better idea, something where she could administer on a regular basis, you know. Same as same as testosterone libido, uh, on, on the canoid yeah. or the canoid. Yeah, you know, like you feel for, good for the first two or three weeks, and then it starts to taper, and then you have eight weeks left Had before you, you get another shot. Did you uh, do that before? Uh, before holiday, yeah. If I can't bring anything oh. with me, I take the full four four cc's. You get a gram of test in, and then you're good for three weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know, allegedly. Yeah. Before, yeah. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good for what I'm taking right now. All right. Yeah. What what are you what you started mentioning it earlier? What's the uh what's the Olympia stack right now? So the Olympia stack is I, I wanted to keep it simple, but I, I you know, you know me. So I it's basically <laughs> the same as what I was running before. Okay. So I do one amp a test, but my ampules are test uh bare test of iron, so they're overfilled, one point two milliliters, so I get about three hundred twenty five milligrams of test. Then I do three amps of primo. 
So that's also overfilled, 375 milligrams primo. So that's, uh, how much is the total? 700 milligrams, no, 800, 800 milligrams. Okay. And then I take two, 200, 250 milligrams of Mastro. And before okay. that, I was taking 50 milligrams of Nandrolone as well. So let's say 1,000 milligrams, 1,100 milligrams a week. Okay, nice. Yeah, no, no, no GH. Uh, I, I ran out. I ran out of insulin. I was using about 10 units of insulin, but I didn't want to break open a new pen. <laughs> um, ran out of Humalog. Uh, basically, I'm cleaning out the fridge because I know next year I'm you know, not going to be running that much. So just cleaning out all my drugs in the cabinet. And uh, yeah, no orals because I will be uh, having some uh, whiskey when some, I'm in the some States. beverages while you're there. Yeah. yeah, some beverages. Yeah, yeah. So giving my liver a break, and uh, so basically just steroids. Yeah, and, and the injectable ATP from Amino Asylum, which is lit. Hell yeah! As fuck. I've oh I've been hearing people telling me about you talking about that on your channel too. So that'd yeah. be another good show for you it's, guys to go check out. Listen, I've got one yeah. more one more closer mm -hmm. for the show. Um, he calls it Anadrol, but on this program we call it Oxy. In Oxy. fact, Oxy. <laughs> Oxy. Oxy. Yeah. Oxy. So that's what I'm going to have to say here. He says, if lean enough, how would you implement Oxy for your peak week to help fill out? Uh, so with Oxy, you got to do a little bit of a trial run and see Yes. How many days you can get away with? So some guys can get away with four days of oxy, and other guys can get away with seven days of oxy. So depending on where you fall, maybe it's two days for you, because you will eventually start to hold water. And whether that's from the increased mineral retention or or, or potentially some estrogenic effects, um, you know, that we'll leave that up to the audience. Yeah. Um, and, and I know guys that can run seven days of oxys into the show at 300 milligrams per day and blow the fuck up. Sure. It's out and get leaner too. And their whole skin stretches, you know, and, and, and then they load the carbs and, you know, they load everything. And then they're, they're crazy full, you know, they don't even use halo testing or anything else to get harder. You know? Yeah. They're just going like this, they super deplete in the one week of Anadrol or oxy. And then they're, uh, they're super full, but other guys, maybe one day, same as with the growth hormone loading, maybe one or two days, like we discussed in the previous show. Yeah. So it, it you have to do some trial runs, um, you know, at, at four week intervals because it does take a couple of days for the water to dissipate, and then you, you know, need to experiment with some food practices. But if you practice a couple of these loads mid prep, then by the time you do do your peak week, the final week before the before the show, there shouldn't be any guessing you know exactly how many days of anadrol you can tolerate and how many days of carb loading you can tolerate. And if you need a cleanup day in between your carb yeah. loading and your stepping on stage, some guys need to, you know, they do the fill and spill. They do one day of cleaning up, maybe some fat loading, you know, maybe some growth hormone at, at you know, 10 units or 36 units like, uh, you know, Andrew uh, said. Man, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that was crazy, and, man. And, uh, 36 units. Yeah. Farm grade. Yeah. GH. Yeah, that's that's an expensive day. Yeah, but worth it. Yeah, you could go. Sh you can you can buy guns for that 
for that yeah, price. You could probably like more than one, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or a ton of bullets, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but of course, if, if you want to win a show and turn pro, that sometimes it's required, you know, to do these these kind of things. So, again, just experiment with these protocols. And if once you figure out how many days of and how many milligrams of oxy you can get away with, then then do that. Yeah. Could be 300 milligrams for two days. Could be could be 100 milligrams per day for seven days. You know, and yeah. It's, yeah. It's, what what have you experimented with? I'd I'd say the same as you, man. Um, I've been using it the last couple of years tops now. Uh, really, the last yeah, this this especially this last season. Um, before that, mm-hmm. I hadn't really experimented with it a ton, but I've done the exact same thing. And usually, it, it's when we're already in shape. You know, to go back to what we we're talking about before, you get somebody in shape, they're ready. That's where you can start experimenting because they're already where you want them to be. And we can right. experiment, put it in, and then watch what happens each day. So you're checking in with your client, or if it's your case, you know, take your own pictures if you're doing your own prep. I would still suggest that you evaluate yourself through pictures each morning, see where you're at, see how things look and see how far you can take it. I think that like two Mm -hmm. to three days is a real safe range for 50 milligrams, honestly. And, and I could see for sure possibly taking it longer. Yeah. I try to be man. Cause listen, here's the deal. Anadrol is not going to make or break your prep. And well, it could break your prep. Well, sorry, excuse me. It's, it's, <laughs> break your prep, yeah. Yeah, it's not necessarily, like, you're not going to win the show because you took an Anadrol. So keep in mind, we're playing with fire when it's not absolutely necessary. And when it comes to that right. peak, I only want to do the things that are absolutely necessary. And if I get outside of that, yeah, I'm going to be super mm-hmm. conservative because I would rather... I would rather not take risks. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather not take risks. Yeah. So definitely though, like that last like three weeks out, that's where you could start that experiment, see what you get out of it. And then from there mm-hmm. as you know, then, then load for real. And it's going to change too. Uh, when I, you start cutting water, you know, it's going to be a different game yeah. again. So the, like with your clientele in, in the USA, you know, when they do the, the, you know, the pro qualifiers and stuff, do you have to suck them down like a weight class or two? It depends. It was always my case over here. You know, these guys, they're forced to compete in 80 kilos. Yeah. But they're actually 95 kilo guys. So they have to suck down 30 pounds. I've had some nail biters in Classic. Now that Classic is getting popular, I've had some nail Mm -hmm. biters there. In bodybuilding, I, I feel like most of the guys I've worked with have just made it either they've made it or they've been so big that it doesn't matter because they're above 225 right. and it's just mm-hmm. beyond yeah. but classic i think is especially the case i had a guy man and this guy the hardest guy was like 219 220 at about mm-hmm. two and a half three weeks out all right and he needed oh, yeah. to be 200 pounds on stage uh and and i'm talking at the time Dude, Steve, he had like striations in his jaws when he would chew. That's how lean he was. Like literal, like deep cuts in his in his cheek muscles yeah, yeah, yeah. when he would chew. Uh-huh. And this is at like 220. So we made it, oh, but we like yeah, – the, uh-huh. the bonus though, it, I don't know how it is there, but we'll mm-hmm. generally like weigh in on a Wednesday and then compete on a Friday or a Saturday or weigh in on a Thursday yeah. and compete on Saturday. So you have – enough time that you can suck somebody down and if you have to hit them hard and then fill back out for the show you know yeah so so usually for the world championships or asian championships was thursday weigh in and then friday saturday sunday competes but 
Friday would be the lighter weight classes. So that's like 50 mm. kilos, 55, 60, you know, they go with 10 pound increments, five kilos. Yeah. And those guys, you know, they don't need so much food to load up, but in some cases there'll be 10 kilos overweight when you're flying. So these guys yeah. will all fly from different countries yeah. right? a week before the weigh-in or four days before the weigh-in and then you hold water from the flight. Some guys would fly with a stopover taking eight hours. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of water. Just it's crazy amounts of manipulation that goes place at the world championships. And, and some guys you have to pull down literally 10 kilos and load them back up 10, 12. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, my, my protocols were quite extreme, um, you know, but I learned a lot and, and, and most of my guys did quite well. Yeah. yeah. It's a nail biter though, isn't it? When you, you know, when you have to, when you have to do that, to be, to be fair, at the World Championships, the conditioning is not that stellar compared to IFBB really? standards. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And part of that is the stupid Dream 10 that they use. Oh, yeah. In IFBB, in IFBB Elite, now, they, of course, they switch to, um, you know, uh, Gen 10 and Pro 10. But the WBPF, they still use Dream 10. It's disgusting. You know, yeah. you, your guy places first, you get a big fat hug and, and his whole torso is rubbing <laughs> off on, you're covered. on yours, you know. So yeah, you're covered. Yeah. So at the end of the show I would I would be covered, you know, three yeah. days in a row. You have to wear black when you go to shows like that, you know. I I yeah, usually yeah, try to wear yeah. dark clothes anyway when you're gonna be backstage. Old, old black clothes that can be thrown away. I don't even wash them, just throw them backstage and, and put something new on. Yeah. Yeah. You, you never get that stuff out. So, so those guys I would have, especially the guys that competed on Sunday, you know, you suck them down. Yeah. 12 kilos. And then you, you load them into the 90 kilo class when in reality they're a hundred. Yeah. yeah. That's why we look at the world championships pictures. You're like, these guys are not 80 kilos. Oh yeah. Nobody's 80 kilos because everybody sucked down. And then allegedly, Allegedly, you might get a little bit of help. So if you're three kilos over, you might still squeeze into the weight. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, the the, the weight thing. Which country you're from? Oh. And how much your how much your government is paying? And I'll leave it at that. Damn, <laughs> damn. We we get the same weight thing here for yeah. for classic a lot now. Like it's yeah. it's yeah. it's happening a lot here. Um, that you really have Perfect. to yeah. you really have to pull. But you know what though, man? I feel like bodybuilding is fun it makes it fun when you have the when you have constraints to work within and and there's nothing yeah, more it's, exciting it's, it's, when you can actually pull it off you know what i mean there's it feels rewarding yeah. that in itself making that work and having them still look great yeah yeah that's the hardest part so you can suck somebody down is easy yeah. but <laughs> yeah having them fill back out yeah that's the hard part you know yeah. that's a, that, that, that you almost turn into a doctor because you're constantly monitoring electrolytes and blood sugar and oh yeah perhaps doing some iv drips and you know and and, and then man it's it's a full-time job because you need to monitor every hour just yeah. to make sure that everything's going well you feel like you you're know? on and vacation then, when the show's over even though you still have a full work day just because you don't have to do that anymore you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. i, I always lost like 10 pounds during the world championships i didn't have time to eat yeah and just running through the hotel rooms and just making sure all those athletes are dial dialing in you know and, and then trying to coach people from different countries it's uh, and, and nobody's supposed to know who you're helping because otherwise all the national team coaches get upset or jealous. Oh. So yeah, it was, it was it was hilarious. Yeah, I don't miss it. Though. <laughs> all right, well let's wrap this thing up. The next time I see you, we will both be in Las Vegas. So I'm freaking excited, yeah. man. It's gonna be fun. For sure, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a double date with the wives. 
Yes. And then uh, we'll send them on their way and start shooting some guns. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Dave and I will be back, so leave questions for the next show. Go to VigorousSteve.com to check out Steve's site. Uh, go over to his YouTube channel. I have links to that below in the description. Of course, check out our great sponsors, TrueNutrition.com. Use our code THINK. Uh, go to SupplementSource.ca in Canada. Strom Sports Nutrition in the UK, as well as Eval Blood Analysis in the UK. Thanks to all our Patreons. Reach out to me, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. And Steve, thank you again, man. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate having you here. Any, anytime. Always happy to help and uh, fill in for Dave or other people. Oh, and guys, hit that super thanks. Um, oh, we don't have that set Scott up. Scott to turn that on. <laughs> yeah, you're going to set that up before this podcast last so people can do super thanks and uh, tip you for all your hard work on the back end. All right. All right, guys. We appreciate you watching. We'll see you soon.